eight. And we're back. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. This is Dump on the Ump, ostensibly a baseball podcast. My name is Joel, coming at you from Champaign, Illinois. Tonight is Thursday, July the 8th, 2021. With me tonight, as per usual, is Sam. Sam, how's it going? Uh, Hey, Joel. I'm doing well. I'm coming at you as usual from uh, hot and steamy Brooklyn, New York. It is hot here and really humid. Uh, And my hot take, usually we try to keep the hot takes brief, but this one's going to actually take a little bit. My hot take has to do with the president of Haiti who was assassinated yesterday or the day before and this is news to you right yeah you yeah this is what what just happened okay so the president of haiti was assassinated he did. Uh, and i'm gonna give you a little bit of backstory before i go into my hot take he's dead okay. Okay. um so haiti was a french provision provision provincial sugar colony oh was- you're going like 400 <laughs> years back this is, hey, I'm, this just is a baseball podcast. I'm just this setting not, the stage. I'm just setting the stage. Is that a colonialist <laughs> history podcast? Right. So it was a pro, French right. provincial colony. Go ahead. Go ahead. Yep. I know. Sugar, I, I know about history. Yes. Famous for the brutality of the French overlords. Yes. There was a slave rebellion 200 years ago that defeated the 1790s, the, I believe. Right around the year 1800. Yeah, because 200 years ago. And that was important because a lot of American slave codes in the early 1800s were justified, like they tried to justify them based on the Haitian Revolution. They said if we don't brutally oppress Black folks in the American South, will end up like Haiti. And so that's that's a very important historical point that lots of people... Well, I think that from what I understand is that the slaves of Haiti were brutally oppressed. They were brutally oppressed and they rose up and overthrew their French slaves. Also brutally. That's the point I'm trying to make is that Haiti was used uh, good for the enslaved people of Haiti. What my point is is that in American history, Haiti was has constantly been used as a kind of a, a bugaboo of like, if we don't oppress those black people, this is what's going to happen to America. Okay, cool. Well, yeah. I'm gonna keep which going. Which is bad. Which is we bad. got two hundred years yeah. to cover. Yeah, um. we have thirty minutes, and we have to talk about the playoffs. <laughs> so. Uh, uh, so they, they slave uprising overthrew the French colonial government and defeated Napoleon Bonaparte's army. I think that part's pretty interesting. Um, fast forward uh, through 200 years of kind of like poor government um, and poverty. Uh, and, and systematically uh, not quarantined, but... Um, like the United States has worked very purposefully to keep Haiti from being access, having access to international markets. That's part of why Haiti is 
quote unquote so poor is because the United States has a uh, uh, international policy of not allowing other nations to trade with Haiti because if the slaves had risen, and this is 1800s, not 20th century, this is 19th right. century, but if you allow other nations like Britain and France to openly trade with the freed slaves of Haiti, that will encourage the slaves in America to rise up against us, and we can't have that. So, okay, I'm bringing that because uh, the, the 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 current this is my hot take, Joe. I know, I know, but you got to context it, contextualize it, and and I you you open this can of worms, buddy. Uh, <laughs> the point is that you can the poverty of Haiti today is a direct consequence of the United States foreign policy for the last 180 years. Well, that could be said about Lots of countries. most of Central and South America and the right. Caribbean and, right. you know, Pacific Islands, like whatever. Most the of Phil- the, the Philippines, like, you know, yeah. Southeast Asia, yeah. like whatever. Yeah. <clears throat> um, so... We have all the money. All the money is our money. No one else can have any money. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, you know, all of that happened. Uh, There was a huge earthquake in the early 2000s. You remember that? Yeah. Um, 2010 or 2008, something like that. And um, and it was, I think, you know, there are going to be a lot of historical inaccuracies in this hot take, but I'm pretty sure it's the largest. 100%. We good. I think it was the largest earthquake ever to hit a like ever to directly hit a nation's capital, Port au Prince of uh, Haiti. Um, after that, um, huge amounts of money and international aid came into the country to a newly formed government uh, that was presided over by this president. Let's see, I don't remember his name. He's like a pop singer. Yeah. Um, and that money was aggressively mismanaged and embezzled by his administration to the yeah. tune of uh, independent auditors decided that something around $2 billion had been em- embezzled. Yes. Um, so current president or former current president, uh, whose name is Jovenel Moise, Moise, I'm butchering the name. He's the guy who just got assassinated. He was a, a like low-level member of that administration. So was um, he opposed to the corrupt president, or was he supportive of the corrupt? He was a member of the the government of the corrupt president. Okay, and was implicated in the corruption, um, but nonetheless won an election. Uh, which his opponent said was rigged um, because he was part of this hugely corrupt government. So there were like massive legal battles contesting the results of the election. He didn't take power for 14 months after, like a full year after he was supposed to um, of his term. And that's important. Coming up to Jovenel right. Moise. Jovenel Moise. 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 Yeah. Okay, I got it right. 
Yeah. I just wasn't sure what that double accent was. French, moist. Moist. Jovenel Moist. So uh, he became president 14 months after he was supposed to. Um, He uh, did not appoint a head of the judicial branch of the Haitian government, as is the president's mandate, um, and completely uh, corrupted the criminal justice system to uh, make sure that any criminal charges against him involved with election tampering and previous fraud, government fraud, were um, completely dropped. So essentially he got rid of the criminal justice system in Haiti to benefit himself, right? That's one. Right. Like six months ago, uh, his term is up, as well as the terms for all of the rest of the government, Senate and Parliament both, right? So, but he says, I was a full year before I took power after I was elected. So I'm not going to hold elections for another year because I get a full another year as president. So he doesn't set elections, but all of the rest of the government's terms run out. Okay. Okay. And so he, um, he's, he basically, there is no other government in Haiti other than him. Okay. okay. For the last six months. And during this time, because there's no criminal justice system, there's this huge rise in the power of these gangs, kind of like organized crimes, like Haitian gangs. Um, And they and his opponents claim that he is the one who started funding these gangs because they started operating first really bad in areas that were supportive of the people who opposed the president. So his opponents and this is probably the case because of the way these things worked. His opponents accused the president of like making a deal with these gangs to not like criminally prosecute them, to op- like terrorize the people in his opponent's districts, right? Um, which they did, but then he lost complete handle of it in these gangs, realizing that there was no criminal justice or government, criminal justice system or government in the country of Haiti just started operating everywhere. Um, and they, they're kind of their main thing is they kidnap people and then hold them for ransom. But it's like, they're not even kidnapping rich people. It's like, if they see somebody who's getting on the bus, like paying a bus fare, then they kidnap that person. And then they'll hold them ransom for like five bucks or whatever. But then if they don't get paid, they kill the person, right? right. So it's like, terror reigns in the streets there's no court system uh there's no uh like duly elected officials in the country um and the gangs are run the gangs run the streets uh and and this guy is he controls the police and the military and is ruling by very unpopular decree system. So he's essentially a dictator, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, What's this guy's name? Jovenel Moise. No, he's the guy who died. Yeah, that's this guy. Oh, so who's in charge? 
there's an no, if they killed this guy, if they killed this guy who's ruling via police and military, that's a good thing, right? So, so if he, I mean, yes, except for okay, but hold on, let me get to my hot take here, Joel, because I'm close now. We're halfway through this podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so they assassinate this guy a couple days ago, which means that there is no government at all in the country of Haiti now. Uh, It's being ruled by the police. There's an interim prime minister who has no mandate at all, uh, and nobody trusts him. Um, and, And they're still searching for the assassins. They've caught a couple of them. They're Americans, actually. Um, Whoa, 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 whoa. What? Hold on, hold on. That they were actually, what? (laughs) Yeah, there's two Americans. They're like American of Haitian descent. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyway, my hot take is, is that right now in this country that's completely ruled by gangs and no government whatsoever, it's still better, it's still being run better than Yankee Stadium is. And that's my hot take. Nice job. Thanks. Nice job. I can't believe you did that, you son of a bitch. <laughs> I went to a Yankees game on Sunday. <laughs> I can't believe you did that. I went to a Yankees game on Sunday. Uh, it was the second game of a day-night doubleheader. The, the day game ran long, and so they didn't start letting people into the second game until an hour before the second game. Right. And they didn't push the start time of the second game at all. And there was absolutely no organization about how you're supposed to get into this fucking stadium. And it was a Mets-Yankees game. So there are 40,000 fucking people trying to get into the stadium. And everyone who, like, works there is just, And there were people trying to get out of the stadium at the same time, correct? No. Right? I thought it was the second half of double-headed. Right, but it was, it's like not a, it's a day-night double-header. There wasn't, like... Uh, congestion. I don't. I mean, maybe at the beginning. Okay. I thought that was actually the issue. Maybe. Anyway, the point is, is that we got there when plenty of time should have been plenty of time to get into the stadium, get a beer, and get to our seats before the first pitch of the game was thrown. We didn't get to our seats until the fourth inning, and it's because of like, a seven-inning game. There, of a seven-inning game, and it's because nobody who fucking works there has any interest in like making it a situation, like making it work effectively. Uh-huh. And it's like, there's no, there was no organization on how, like, you know, it's New York City. Nobody waits in line. Everybody cuts the fucking line. And so there's like no where you're supposed to stand in line. There's like nobody directing people to like get into line for certain gates. And so there's like six lines all coming into one gate. And then a bunch of people like, just kind of coming in from wherever and jumping the line. So anyway, we jumped the line and even still, we didn't get in until the fourth fucking inning. Right. Of a 17 game. You got half of a half of a game. It was bullshit. Uh, Yankee Stadium is bullshit. The government of Haiti is run better than Yankee Stadium. And there is no government of Haiti. And there is no government of Haiti. 
The one yeah. thing I apologize about this, but I have to bring this up. Uh, alumni of the show, alumnus of the show, Eli, you know, he he hooked me on that Crime Town podcast. Right. About Providence, Rhode Island and Detroit. Yeah, it's good and, and about how Party Cancy. The, yeah, well, basically the way governments work is that criminals float to the top. And the better you are at crime, the more likely you are to float to the top. I mean, right. man, maybe if you're good with the unions and good at crime, you're going to float to the top. I Same think, goes with unions, though. Exactly, exactly. If you're good at crime, you're going to go to the top of the union as well. Exactly. And the organizations, that's how human organizations function which should give us pause it should give us pause that the best way to float to the top especially if your name is donald trump is just be a criminal right be hands down down. (laughs) anyway this is ostensibly a baseball podcast so i'm gonna move on from that uh hey shout out to uh thomas he Thomas, I apologize. I said we were canceling the podcast tonight, and then I got home from board game night early. So I said we could do a podcast. Thomas said he had already scheduled something with his family, so he can't be on the podcast. So we're going to keep going without him. Um, But thank you to everybody who has been listening to the podcast. Um, again, if you're on Twitter, follow us on Twitter at Dump on the Up. You can also follow us on Facebook or on uh, WordPress, the, the fucking webpage that I, I pay zero dollars for. Um, I want to give a shout out. Do I have time? I'm going to take a minute for this, Sam. Sorry. Sorry, buddy. Going to give a shout out to our listeners. In Haiti? No. No, in Russia. Ah. Most of our uh, top listeners are in Russia. Um, But if you are listening to this, and if you are a human and not a computer, please give us a like and a review and a uh, subscription on Apple iTunes. uh, So uh, I I took a road trip, but Sam, I'm going to talk about this later. I did not listen to our podcast on the road trip on purpose because it would fuck with all the listens. So, uh, number one, Columbus, Ohio. Hey, Moscow, Desmondania, Urbana, Illinois, Brooklyn, New York, San Jose, California, Portland, Oregon, Marshfield, Massachusetts. Have you been there before? Yeah, I think I have family there. Okay. Austin, Texas. That's good. Upper Marlboro, Maryland. Again, somebody likes our podcast in Upper Marlboro, Maryland. St. John, Florida. Decatur, Illinois. New York, New York. Frankfurt, Maine, Germany. Providence, Rhode Island. Cincinnati, Ohio. Gainesville, Florida. Yeah. It's my, yeah. What? You got family in Gainesville? No. (laughs) All of these people are my family. It's my Russian family. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. 
uh, well, Bennington's on the list. Uh, Signal Mountain, Tennessee. Cool. Barcelona, Spain. Shout out to Barcelona. Eh. Lahore, Pakistan. Montpelier, Brookline, Louisville. You know, thanks everybody. Thanks for listening to our silly baseball podcast. I really appreciate it. <laughs> All right, moving on. Let's talk. All right, wait, do you want to talk about Haiti anymore? Do you want to talk about colonialism? You're wearing your fucking Brooklyn Cyclones t-shirt. Yeah, that's right. That's a good t-shirt. Do you have any other, like, geopolitical positions to stake? Or can we talk sports? Oh, we can talk sports. Okay. Uh, But this Haiti thing is really interesting if you get into it. I I would, like encourage you to bone up on your recent Haiti history because it's super interesting like from the from the earthquake until now it's just so sad and so like like you know there's a movie there's like a couple movies there you know what I'm saying well but what 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 the hell do you want a Russian mostly Russian some American listeners to do about it to do about it? Yeah. Oh, I don't know if there's anything to do about it. I just, you know, call your senators, I guess. Oh, and here's the other <laughs> fucked up thing is that this guy who was clearly very corrupt and not, uh, you know, didn't have the mandate of the people to remain in office after his term ended, which it did, um, you know, it was like a thing until the U.S. government, who I think it was, I think Trump was still in charge. Um, and I think, so Trump was still in charge and was like, no, I'm fine with it. And then the incoming Biden administration was also like, sure, like, we're fine with it too, because they didn't want to deal with it. But it's like the U.S. really like passed the buck on this on this guy who was like essentially setting himself up as a dictator. Do you want to just make this a B-block and then we'll put the baseball <laughs> next episode? Because I also am curious about your like New York City mayor hot takes. Oh yeah, that's a whole nother thing. Right, so we got like eight minutes now because we haven't talked about baseball at all. So right. like, let's talk about the New York City. Like Adams won, right? Right, he won. Yeah. Second black mayor. Second black mayor, but he's a cop. He's not Mr. Dinkins. Mr. Dinkins with the P. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. He's not like the last. And that's, uh, I don't know. Maybe I shouldn't say this. But like the last black mayor was a very liberal progressive black mayor. Uh, uh, I don't remember his first name, Mayor Dinkins. And he was in the end of the 80s in New York. And a lot of the reason why Rudy Giuliani got elected was because the cops and Long Island got, oh, not, well, Long Island, Staten Island got sick and tired of having a liberal black mayor. So they, they, right, for Giuliani in the 90s. So now you have uh, Adams. 
what's his first name? Eric Adam? Eric, yep. Yeah. He's a vegan. And ooh, Hitler was a vegan. He's a vegan cop. Is he a teetotaler? Probably. Trump's a teetotaler. Hitler was a teetotaler. You can't trust teetotalers. Yeah, he might not be. You know, he was a he was a reformer within the police department. He's like a liberal cop. You know what I mean? Well, he's, well, he, he's doing the He's a black man who's a cop, and right. he's kind of running as like the centrist Democrat, right? Yeah, so he was he's probably, running as Democrat. He was probably the furthest to the right, honestly, of the Democrats. Yeah, of yeah. the Democrats. Yeah. Um, which is interesting because you would think that if there was going to be a, a progressive movement, it would be in New York City. But that, and that, well, so that was supposed to be De Blasio. Right, Bill de Blasio, he's considerably to the right of Bill de Blasio. But here's the interesting thing. Are you ready? I pulled myself a drink, so yes. Okay. Eric Adams, real central, like he was a Republican. He was registered Republican for most of his adult life. Yeah. Is that in, true? If, yeah, yeah, yeah. In the 90s, he was a registered Republican. So did... I think, did the black establishment in New York City come after him because they should have? No. No. Um, Why and it was it was actually kind of interesting because um, who was that guy? Al Sharpton, right? Right. Yeah, sure. There's like a big uh, he has like a he has a big presence in New York City politics and right. he has like a big foundation here. Um, and he's like a, a political booster and he declined to endorse. Yeah. Which was interesting because there was a very progressive black woman running. Um, yeah. And he declined to endorse, I think, at the behest of Eric Adams would be my guess. Um, well, yeah, <clears throat> I, I, would, I would guess you right and that's troubling. <clears throat> And it's troubling that the progressive black caucus, like regardless of everything that's happening, it's troubling the progressive black caucus didn't call out like the black cop, black cop showing out for the white cop. That's what they did. Right. And it's it is troubling that the progressive black caucus was not like, well, if we get a black mayor, it's going to be okay. Right. Well, here's the thing that is important to remember, Joel, is they're all Democrats. Like, this was a primary. Right. They're all de- I mean? Yeah, sure. No, yeah, I get that. I understand. Um, so, you know, it's kind of like a lot of, like, I would say that a majority of the core issues, um, they, they basically agreed upon. Um, and, you know, for sure, things that are going to happen moving forward is there's going to be a lot more like investment in green energy for the city of New York. Um, Added like a lot. Of, absolutely. Um, you know, a lot of like green new deal sort of infrastructure issues are, we're kind of at the center of everybody's campaign platform. Um, and then, you know, the issues that everyone differed on was like what to do about the police the fucked up thing is that Eric Adams ran on bringing back stop and frisk, which right. So that's really terrible. Because he's a cop. He's a cop. Right. Yeah. Right. He's a cop. Because he's a cop. Yeah. Um, 
He's got some corruption in his political life in the past. Um, <clears throat> but we'll see how he does, because he also like projects kind of nationally, I feel like. Yeah. Um, so this could be maybe a one term stop for him, maybe. Um, depending yeah, on but the last goes. three mayors of New York have believed that they've all failed epic right on the next stage. None of them were black cops, though. I don't think a black cop can really like the person. Well, anyway, <clears throat> so here's the interesting Damn, thing is that uh, while the mayor's office has moved to the right from where it is now, the city council and the comptroller's office moved considerably to the left. Um, so that's kind of an interesting sort of power shift, um, especially because the comptroller has considerable amount of sway in how money is allocated, which is interesting. I learned a lot about yeah. the comptroller's office this election cycle, which was- Why? Why did you learn so much about <clears throat> the comptroller's office? Because it was, you know, it was one of the races. Um, and the guy, so essentially what the comptroller does is they do the books for the city essentially, but it's an elected position. <clears throat> and the thing that they do is they essentially are in charge of auditing city agencies, essentially. Okay. Um, including like the mayor's office and city council and the police department and the sanitation department. Like, and so they, they are constantly running these audits to see how money is being spent um, and then readjusting how money is allocated based on those audits. Anyway, it's pretty interesting. Um, and they can like uh, exercise and kind of implement their own sort of agenda based on how they make the money flow. So it's an interesting, uh, and then so, and then also the city council moved considerably to the left. So it's going to be an interesting thing for the city of New York moving forward because the power dynamics have shifted a little bit where the mayor's office has moved to the right and the city council has moved to the left. Um, All right. So I'm going to put a plug in this. This is the B block. We just did a B block, Sam. I'm talking about New York City politics and Haitian politics. This is ostensibly a goddamn baseball podcast. It's a lot of good shit going on. Nobody's going to listen to this podcast, Sam, if we're like talking. All right. All right. All right. Whatever. That Haiti shit is so interesting. Yeah, that's a good point. So I'm going to put a plug in this. We're going to come back. We're going to talk about baseball. You ready? Okay. All right. All right. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening. This has been Dump on the Yump, ostensibly a baseball podcast, but apparently not today, because Sam's like, oh, justice for Haiti. Oh, justice for Brooklyn. God damn it, Sam. I'm really mad at you right now. <laughs> he doesn't. He's, he's good. All right. Uh, this has been Dump on the Yump. For Sam, my name is Joel. Thank you so much for listening. Have a good evening and a pleasant tomorrow.